Hello, and welcome to a supplemental episode of Civil Politics. I'm Michael Dow with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Hey there. And we're talking about H.R. 1, the uh, first measure adopted by the new House of Representatives as controlled by the Democrats to address a number of problems with uh, voting rights and other political issues in this country. Aspirational, they described it. Yeah. And they had written it actually before they got into office. I mean, got in, got control of the House. So it's pretty cool. It's called For the People. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very, very interesting. So there are, it's supposed to do a number of things uh, to expand and strengthen voting rights. I mean, John, do you want to hit the summary for a minute? Yeah, um, I was thinking we could, uh, I could uh, say uh, each point and we we could have like a quick um, opinion. Yeah, about each one. Absolutely. Right, so, uh, lightning round. <laughs> horrible, 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 horrible. <laughs> wow. Okay. Maybe this was a bad. Idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just did an hour show. We're a little punchy. So, anybody um, who's new to us, I'm the Republican, <laughs> and I'm the registered Democrat. <laughs> and John keeps us honest because he's. I'm an independent. Independent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't trust um, our shenanigans. And I'm 66. And <laughs> why are we giving so much information about ourselves? Because we're going to tell them how we think, and they're going to just discount because I'm like an old point. And <laughs> um, so it's split up um, the way that it's laid out for me here. And I'm looking at an NPR article. It's laid out in three sections, voting, voting and election law, campaign finance and ethics. So under voting and election laws, voter registration would be made easier. Citizens would could register online or get registered automatically via data from driver's licenses or other government sources. For federal elections, states would have to provide same-day registration and at least 15 days of early voting. And election day would be made a federal holiday. There's a lot there, just there. I'm in favor of all of that. I think that's great. I like some of it, especially the federal holiday part. I think that's really important. Yeah. So. What part don't you like? I'm I'm not a big fan of same day registration. That's very that's very hard to do for city clerks and town clerks. I just you know I think at it operational level that's that's difficult to do because then you give somebody a provisional ballot they don't get counted anyway. So I like people to register a little bit early so that they're on the rolls and their vote counts. So and you know just a lot of the John and I were talking this before you came tonight mike and um uh a, a lot of the people that do the polls are volunteers and uh-huh. you know also paying the poll people and you know sort of making it more formal in the holiday i like that it's all good and i think georgia's a you know just horrible what happened in georgia mm-hmm. i mean somebody should go to jail in my opinion so mm. maybe they will i don't know fingers crossed yeah gerrymandering all that is good fixing that's really yeah. good is that the next thing the the law addresses? Um, actually, uh, there. Just going off of what Sue said, there is um, one. It's requiring poll workers to provide a week's notice if poll sites are changed, um, mm-hmm. and there uh, there is uh, recruiting and training more poll workers ahead of the twenty twenty election to cut down on long lines. So uh, there's the it's there's a provision saying we should uh, re- we should recruit more more people. Um, so that kind of handles the, that that kind of uh, addresses what you were saying. I don't think it's in there, but I would like to see every every precinct has to have enough ballots for every registered voter in the precinct, because what they do is they guess what the turnout has been, and like they have like a half of the registered voters. I know that they'll throw them away if they don't get a hundred percent voting, but I think they should have a ballot for every resident. Every time, and just throw the paper away, 
you know, shred it. And 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 you you want people to. What do you think about the idea of like people being able to vote anywhere in you know their town or whatever? I think that's hard because what they're doing is they go by street address and you have to, uh-huh. you know, look it up. And it is actually difficult to do it when it's uh-huh. thousands of people instead of hundreds. I agree. I mean, that's why they split up into precincts. That's why they yeah. did that. I, I, I don't think that you should be able to just vote anywhere. Um, but the, but it should being, be close to you and in your district. It should be. In, no, I'm saying. <laughs> what yeah, about voting should, by mail? Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think I think that's okay. I just think it. It doesn't work very well. Have you ever gone a check, had a check go missing in the mail or something? I just almost I like never. I've I've had it happen a few times. You What's know? a check? The U.S. Postal Service. Uh, it's a uh, it's a it's archaic. It's, it's, way a, of... it's a nationality from Central Europe. <laughs> I uh, see the yeah. Czechs and the, so the Slovaks. Them. They yeah. they get yeah. sent through the mail. They do. These people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, down the Danube usually. Oh yeah. So I I mean I've had a few things disappear. I've known a few people that put stuff in the post office at Northampton, and there's oh. one of the mail slots that has a place where it can go behind mm-hmm. that they never check. <laughs> I mean, it's it's obviously. I'd rather go in. Well, know that, that it voted. I, I, early voting, um, at least fifty yeah. days yeah, of that early voting, that, that really uh, mitigates that. I think that having holiday. mail, having the option to mail in, um, would be good for the disabled. Yep. Uh, for absentee people that, making it yeah. easy to get the absentee ballot. Yeah, I, that I would agree. be really good. And it's it's pretty easy in Massachusetts. Yeah, it used yeah. to be hard. You had to explain why, and they'd like grill you. And yeah. it's like because they'd be out of town. That's another thing. Uh, with the same day re- registration, uh, one of the one of the things they say is signing a um, signing something saying that you are this person, like a like a legal document, affidavit. Or yeah, something. an affidavit or something at the at the polling place instead of having to show an actual ID. So it would be like a binding thing, like I'm affirming that this is that, that I'm this person. Yeah. So if someone doesn't have a legal ID, then they're not barred from voting. But they no. would put it in a provisional pile still. Yeah, but they still... And, you know, they don't often count those unless it's really close. But Well, it, I don't know if they put yeah. it in a provisional file. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Because that's not in this... Yeah, they don't go down But uh, it, if they are put in a provisional thing, then personally... I don't think that's too bad. That's not terrible. You know, because they count the provisionals if if the election is really close. Yeah. So. And they have to open them and look at the circumstance. But yeah. you know, when you go in and you've been bumped from the from the voter reg, um, they give you a provisional ballot. And they were saying this last election, don't let them do that. Make them reinstate you on the spot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's just so easy to yeah to muck with this. I mean, this country was known for its. I don't really want to have the, um, I don't want the, I don't want things to get bogged down with like yeah. making sure that every vote is the same, uh, because there are different, like, like there are not enough poll workers sometimes and, you know, like that, that sort of thing. Like if you have to go to provisional ballots and that's, that's something, but if you have early voting, if you have automatic registration, that, that one thing is going to be rare. Uh, and what in those rare cases, it's going to be important. Fair enough. Um, Bill would crack down on efforts to take voters off the rolls and prevent them from casting ballots. Oh, that exact match stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Felons could regain their voting rights after finishing their sentences. Yep. Which, that needs to happen. Yeah. I agree. It um, happens in this state, I think, pretty regularly. But I, I, you know, honestly... Felons don't have their voting rights in this state. 
Honest- I think they get them back. They they can get them back. I might be wrong. I don't think Honestly, so. I'm, I'm and where did they just reinstate them? Florida. They did it by um, yeah, Florida, by, uh, and I think ballot, Washington ballot State just did Washington something. State, yeah. um, but uh, uh, honestly, I'm fine with 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 criminals voting. You know, it's like why not? Because uh, if we some of my best friends are criminals. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, go Nixon. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, if we. Uh, weren't sort of trying to uh, create like an artificially large prison population to basically provide a pool of cheap labor, uh, you know, we wouldn't, you know, it's like just a very small proportion of the population. I don't see any particular reason to say like, oh, well, you know, we don't want criminals voting. It's like they're not going to make much difference. You know, I don't think there's any reason to, to treat them differently in that way. Yeah. I like it that prisoners, you know, people with felonies don't vote, but I do think they should get their rights back. So, just uh, my opinion. Uh, Massachusetts, sure. they do get the rights back. Yeah, I was pretty sure they yeah, did. That, I was, I was mistaken. Um, but yeah, everybody. I'm often wrong though. So yeah, uh, if you're, if you've, everybody's wrong all the time. So <laughs> if uh, that's why to, we have the internet. I try so, to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, like everybody that has served their time, they're now they're just citizens again. They might, yep. they have done things in their past. They have. They have been punished for it, and now they are no longer punished for it. Like the, um, the the campaign to get rid of the "Are you a felon?" box on, um, job applications on job job yeah. applications. That's horrible. Yeah. So, uh, I remember when they on, wouldn't let see. schools vote. No. So, like Smith wouldn't be allowed to vote in Northampton. I didn't live here at the time, but oh, you mean college students? Yeah, and they yeah. they fixed that because yeah. you know, do they really have to go home to New Hampshire to, yeah. to vote? Yeah, I mean. Sure, they can, but, but they should have the option. It. Yeah, and think what Amherst does in those local town elections. If yeah. if all the students voted, can you imagine what kind of <laughs> it's city it, council? Yeah. Yeah. No, there there've been issues in Amherst with that. I remember. Yeah, but, free um, beer. No, sorry. But so I, this is. Oh, what sorry. do you think also about like the uh, case in Texas where they have sent out a list of people to purge from the voting rolls because you know they uh, uh, you know had shown up as non citizens in recent state paperwork. Um, and then they they quietly were like, well, okay, actually, we shouldn't purge these people because they are citizens now, you know. Yeah, yeah. like they they've they've naturalized. So yeah, it's it's. I think people should go to jail for purging, voter lists. But, and you know, I get mad I, at Northampton because they will they will dump you off the voter list if you don't respond to the census, and it's like. You know, Perhaps at Hadley too. Yeah, it should it should be a opt out. It shouldn't be a you just get taken off. I yeah. Just because a lot of folks who have domestic violence or have folks that live in their household, they don't necessarily want to swear to who's in their household, and I think that's not a requirement of voting. Or that survey gets lost in the mail. Yeah, it gets yeah. lost in the mail. <laughs> it happens to me every year. So this is something. <laughs> this is something interesting. All right, um, this year I won't. St- I won't set your mailbox on fire. <laughs> and steal it. So, Federal yeah. elections would require paper ballots to prevent computer tampering. Oh, I agree state, with that a hundred percent. State chief election officials couldn't get involved in federal campaigns. Oh, well, that's aimed at Georgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's aimed at a lot of things like... Uh, but the paper, it's got to have a paper trail. I love having a paper trail. I, oh, I, yeah. I completely agree. As uh, We've talked about this on the show before. Oh, yeah. totally. It's like when they started doing the black box and just trust me and I'll run the results again and it'll be the same thing. It's like, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, what was, uh, was it? Harris, Catherine Harris, who was the oh, Secretary of State in Florida and, and also the Bush, the chairman of of Bush. W's campaign in two thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like no, no, that that that's so obviously not acceptable. Yeah. 
Um, and, and you do have to have people that are in charge of elections that may be Democrats or Republicans or something. I mean, you know, everybody has some sort of political persuasion, but yeah, the, the making the decisions when you're, yeah. there's a self- uh, Honestly, an elected official being in charge of the election. Well, she uh, was. No, I mean, just I'm thinking. Anyway, uh, the bill would rec- would declare an intent to revive core anti-discrimination provisions of the Voting Rights Act uh, that were effectively shut down by the Supreme Court. And it would also state that failing to vote isn't grounds for taking away a person's voter registration. Yeah, because yes. that's what happens yep. in, yeah. if you don't show up for a few elections. Yep. Campaign finance. I, I, I would just say, by the way. Uh, bring back the provisions of the Voting Rights Act that the Supreme Court struck down, including the need for preclearance. And I would say, you know, don't just have it be in the states that were, you know, basically the old Confederacy. (laughs) Well, the states that were worse, because, you know, it's not like racism isn't a horrible continuing problem in, oh, say, Massachusetts. Wait, really? Yeah, really. So So, I'm just saying, like— have it across the board for all states. Yeah, preclearance. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Preclearance <laughs> in every state. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And okay. that'll just be part of the routine. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh campaign finance provisions from the from the Disclose Act would expand the prohibition on foreign political money and mandate the disclosure of big donors behind politically active five oh one C four social welfare. Oh, the um, the super organizations. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're uh, not even that. They're 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 like secret organizations that can just do whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. In fact, wasn't it um, Stephen Colbert who got a super PAC and did all this crazy stuff Uh and showed how you could collude? And, yeah, it was very fun. It was great. Yeah. And it was, you know, the law's broken and they should, yeah, they should repeal it. Digital companies like Facebook and Google would have to set up public databases cataloging political ad purchase requests of $500 or more and create new measures to block ad buys by foreign nationals. I think noticing that they paid in rubles, <laughs> right? Isn't that what they said? Some of the ads were in... <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, they really were. They actually were. Yeah. Presidential inaugural committees would have to disclose expenditures in addition to the existing requirement for donor disclosure. Uh, this is a response to reports of unexplained spending by the Trump's inaugural committee, you know, by having his having everything at Trump places. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty. Yeah, that's a good one. It's reaffirming that the, the laws that already exist against self-dealing. Yeah. A new matching fund program would support House candidates who agree to raise. Long your arms are. Hmm? (laughs) Oh, a new length. (laughs) Sorry. A new matching fund uh, program would uh, would support House candidates who agree to raise only small donor small dollar contributions. Similar provisions for Senate uh, for Senate candidates would have to come from the Senate. Uh, the public financing system for presidential candidates, largely irrelevant, irrelevant since 2012, would be updated. Mm. It all sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the bill would quash sidecar super PACs that support individual candidates. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, should have, they should never have been made legal. Ethics. Presidents and vice presidents would have to release their tax returns, something that happened routinely in past administrations, but not in this one. Yeah, and they when would, would they? To, and you, when would they have to release them? Probably when they declare. When they declare. Yeah. And how many years? Wait. So presidents and vice presidents, or candidates? Because candidates. It says presidents and vice presidents. 
So like in office, you have to release your. No, your see, I need forms. you need it. I think it it in should, the, I think it should also be in the election leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think it should be uh, when you when you officially declare and you form a. Um, when you actually file the paperwork, it start to collect money. You, when you have start to, to fundraise. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, just just when yeah. you start, just when you sign the paperwork to run yeah. for office, then you should have to also provide Submit. like f- five, ten years of of tax tax forms even if they're being audited because you know you can submit the ones that you submitted yeah and if the audit comes out and it's different then you just have to produce that you amend it yeah president-elects would need uh ethics plans for their transition teams and would have to file financial disclosures within 30 days of taking office the bill would tell presidents and vice presidents they should act as if they are covered by the conflict of interest law which actually exempts them which actually exempts them. Again, this wasn't an issue in previous administrations because past past presidents didn't have a volume of big business entanglements. So that's that's a good one, but it it is hard because I I can see how it's really hard to do that when you're trying to build a structure pretty fast. Yeah. In fact, Chris Christie talked about it a fair amount on some of his um, book tour this this week about what was happening with the transition team and how they had three candidates for every office for the Trump team, and then he got fired and all the stuff was thrown away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this just makes people plan more, too. Yeah. You know, like if you really want to b- run for president, you're, you have to have everything in place, especially your transition team. Yeah. Um, so uh, House members would be barred from serving on corporate boards. Uh, Representative Chris Collins, well, a Republican of uh, New York, is under indictment for allegedly using inside information he gained as a corporate board member. Yep. Yeah. That you, was that uh, shot of, you know, here he is on the phone getting the message and then trying to call his son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sell, yeah. sell, sell. Yeah. But if you're a committee member, you can actually do that if you heard it in a committee. But yeah, being on a board, that's really insider trading. Mm-hmm. But they are exempted from prosecution at the moment. So yeah, that's good. Change that. House members would be forbidden to use taxpayer money to pay penalties for employment discrimination. Good. Oh, yeah. I think, th- isn't that on the books it's almost on the books it's certainly on the books in massachusetts but i thought the feds did it too at the moment uh you can the the taxpayer pays uh, settlements for things like sexual harassment and whatnot still at the feds yeah Yeah. i think that's that's something that they're pushing to change yeah former representative gillibrand's really good on that sorry yeah Mm -hmm. oh no i I, um former representative blake uh farenthold a uh, Republican from Texas used $84,000 in federal funds to settle a sexual harassment claim by a former staffer. Said he would repay pay it, but changed his mind after leaving office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Congress passed a bipartisan measure in December requiring members to pay out of their own pocket for some settlements in court judgments in sexual misconduct cases. Should be all, not some. It should be all, yes. Yeah. Um, the Supreme Court would have to... I like the clawback s- rules where they claw the money back. <laughs> Uh, the Supreme Court would have to get a code of ethics. Oh, that's interesting. And Does who not would have write code it? Of yeah. Well, they are, they are under the like the law ethics, but they're not not for the Supreme Court specifically. Yeah, they don't have right. to be lawyers. Yeah. Right. Good point. <laughs> the, the 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 laws passed by Congress, you know, to set up courts according to Article Three of the Constitution, those laws do not apply to the Supreme Court. 
because the Supreme Court is explicitly established by the Constitution. All the other courts were basically made up by statutes by by Congress. So in theory, uh, Congress could pass a law abolishing every federal court below the Supreme Court. They won't do that for obvious reasons, but just they could do that. And then they could totally rearrange things. They could have like one court per state or whatever, you know. Because like, or let the churches be the courts. Yeah, uh, well, I think that would be that better. would violate the establishment clause. <laughs> but but they could they could they could they could dissolve all of the federal appellate districts and reform them all. Yeah, probably and should. But. Probably should. But I mean, they they could do that, and there's there's no reason. Interesting. You know, that's, that doesn't violate the Constitution. But they can't. Um, they can't govern the Supreme Court. Yeah, they they can't because it's a co-equal branch of government. Last thing list is the laws regulating foreign and domestic lobbying would be expanded. Good. Yeah, and I I heard some of the details on that, and it it was all good, from what I heard. I don't remember the all yeah. the specifics, but like two years, and you can't come in from this kind of group, and yeah, it was it was sort of the the standard fare, but never never passes. Forget. I think we were talking about it before the how. Um, if you're if you've served in in Congress, then you just shouldn't be able to lobby. That was uh, something I was arguing last week because there was right. the uh, reader the reader listener question about um, uh, Congress people once they leave office still getting paid a, a, a significant portion of their salary for the rest of their lives. And yeah, like eighty percent, I think. Or That's something. right. Uh, we were talking to so if um, you lobby, Mayor, you just take that away. Mayor La Chapelle. Yeah. Mayor La Chapelle. Yeah. So yeah. If you yeah. lobby, just take it away. So it's like either or. Yeah. Right, and that was that was my my yeah. my suggestion. Uh, yeah, that there there's there's certainly an argument to be made for that. Otherwise, if if we're not going to have those restrictions, then yeah, why should they get all that money? Especially if they haven't served in Congress for. Although that long. will drive them to do even more lobbying, but it's minor uh, compared to what they already do. That, so. that, I was gonna say like. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be much more they can do because they're already doing so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, pretty good, but that's quite the. Th- they put that right out there, right up yeah. front as they came into office. So. Well, that this I mean, was, came into power. Well, the, the voting rights was a big thing in um, getting or in Nancy Pelosi regaining uh, the seat or, or the the speakership. Yeah. So this is this is her. Uh, because I mean, one thing with Nancy Pelosi, she if she makes an agreement, she sticks to it. Um, this will be interesting to see if she has um, a legacy like um, Sam Rayburn, the other, the only other Speaker of the House that was elected twice. <laughs> we'll see. I one, think she's on a track. I think I think she's going to be she's going to go down as as historic. I think. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. In many ways. Um, one, the last thing I want to mention is that uh, Mitch McConnell, in response to this, said that it was a power grab. By the Democrats. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Uh, he, he's not the only one, but he's certainly the most prominent Republican to yeah. do that. Uh, so because, voter rights is yeah. a, a power grab? Getting more people to vote, <laughs> making sure more people can vote, making it easier for people to vote, that is a power grab. And that is, and, and he thinks that is a negative. Well, I, I, he's right. It is a power grab because the, the Republicans have been uh, aware for 30 years now that uh, their ideas are not broadly popular, that, you know, they, they, the things they want to do uh, aren't good things, according to most people. But and the Democrats were in on a lot of these uh, 
you know, taking well, the power away from the people too. Yeah, some of oh, it. Everybody's yeah, complicit. A- absolutely. Yeah. Complicit. That's the word I was. But looking at for. the same yeah. time, the Republican Party has been aware that uh, uh, expanding the suffrage uh, means that uh, they lose. Means that more Democrats win. So they've been pushing to restrict this for a long time. Uh, so he's right. It is a power grab, but it's exactly the kind of power grab that is appropriate in a democracy. You know, instead of like trying to to cut people out, it's trying to include more people in. You know, there's more voters to to win over. More people are going to be participating. I know you hung that on the Republicans, but 30 years ago, I was holding a sign downtown Boston for a candidate. Mm -hmm. And there was an old time Democratic guy. Uh, holding a sign for his candidate right next to me. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about stuff, and he said, oh, shoot, it's going to be great weather. All those seniors are going to come out and vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just, I had to laugh. Yeah. Because I was really young, and here's this Democratic sort of hack <laughs> mm-hmm. saying full well that if those seniors come out and vote, his candidate was yep. was doomed. Complicit. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, the, right the Demo- now it's the it's the Republicans that are the the poster child, faced <laughs> like just lying, honestly. Like, uh, <laughs> but um, the but you know, it, it that's Both parties, not yeah. that's not a Republican thing. That is a politics thing. It's just Power. all of the the horrible people are going more towards the Republican Party at this at this point in time. Well, the, at the, this point, at this point in time, the Democratic <laughs> machine in Massachusetts is horrible and corrupt, and you know, no one should. It's should incredible, it yeah. But um, I, I'm specifically referring to things like uh, uh, I don't remember the fellow's name, but uh, he was uh, somebody associated with like uh, Jerry Falwell or whatever, and speaking at um, I think the '92 Republican convention, and basically saying like, you know, we've really got to make sure that you know. People don't vote because when more people vote, we lose. You know, like this has just been something the Republican has has been sort of a, you know, a, a, a thing that the Republicans have been aware of at the national level. You know, like there was a just recently repealed a consent decree, um, you know, the, a court ruling to prevent the Republicans from um, uh, voter suppression that the Democratic Party held over them for a long time. That only just got got ended. I don't remember the the details right now, but that's something we can post I can post a link to when we put this show up. Yeah. So is that cool. a wrap? <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> <sighs> that was a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe we'll break this up into a couple of parts or something. Nah. 36 minutes worth. <laughs> 30 minutes. Sec. Oh, yeah. Less than 30. Anyway, all right, uh, so that's uh, all for this uh, supplemental discussion, uh, HR1. For uh, the people. F- for the people. Uh, the aspirational uh, bill brought up by the uh, Republican-controlled House of Representatives. Democratic. Democratic. Controlled House. Oh, yes. <laughs> you just gave me some... Uh... <laughs> Say goodnight, Gracie. I'm blonde. What do you want? <laughs> all right, well, uh, goodnight, Gracie. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.